Hello, everyone. Welcome to Developing Palettes. I'm Aaron Loomis coming to you from the Drew Estate Studio. With me today is John McTavish. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well. Uh, as is par for the course after a trade show, uh, I'm not functioning at maximum brain capacity, probably like 65%. Although I do plan to drive into the office tomorrow morning, so that should be a very interesting experience for all of the other drivers around me. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I was a little slow going. As soon as I landed uh, on Saturday, I had to run off to uh, coach softball, so mm. straight from the airport, um, and that worked out pretty well. And then uh, after that, it was time to crash and try to catch up on a little bit of sleep. But uh, otherwise, not a bad trip. No delays coming back like we had going in. But um, I wonder if you like that coach in Ted Lasso, the one that's really quiet, and you just kind of you know you were just sitting there like grimacing and grunting and stuff because that's all you, like that's all you could get out. Yeah, it was uh it was a bit like that. Yeah. We had a we had a pretty mellow practice. I think it was kind of ended up going to be our last one before uh season starts cuz the weather here is starting to rain all week. So I don't think it's going to be good for us. Uh all right, let's introduce our guest tonight. We're doing a TP, TPE 2023 recap show where we are trying to get perspectives from uh kind of all the different uh directions from this trade show. Uh and kind of uh Representing the exhibitor side of things is Steve Socker from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Steve, welcome to the show and joining us tonight. Uh, thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate to be here. Absolutely. Gentlemen, boy, yeah, I'm on the wrong way with this already. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, kind of doing two faces tonight is uh, Mike Shepardkevich from Cigar Hustler, uh, the retail store, as well as uh, the Hustler podcast, Mike and Mike Productions. So little media, little retailer going on. So, hey, doing tonight, Mike? I am doing well, sir. And you know what? I got to give you credit for the way that you pronounce my last name. You nail it every time. It makes me forgive all the evil things that you do to me on an annual basis. Well, I had apologized to you last week already, so I didn't want to have to apologize to you again tonight. So make sure we get it right. All right. So, yeah. Nice. All right. So, um Let's. I'm going to start off by kind of explaining what TPE is for maybe those that are not aware, since they've had a, a bit of a, a name change behind the acronym. So previously it was the uh, Tobacco Plus Expo, and this year I believe it's been changed to the Total Product Expo. Um, so I think trying to get tobacco out of the name, maybe for one, trying to expand the footprint of what they can <clears throat> exhibit. So. Uh, it's kind of always been a tobacco, cigar, uh, vape, alternative, CBD, whatever kind of in that space um, would work. But now they wanted to kind of bring in like snacks and drinks and some other things for maybe the convenience store side of things. But I didn't really see much of that um, on the trade show floor. But I think that's what kind of what they want to expand it. But we're going to be focusing tonight on the cigar side of things because that's kind of the space that we are mostly in so uh and i think our audience is most interested in that that portion of it but we we if the topic comes up we can discuss some of the other things um so i wanted to get a little bit of insight from both uh you steve and mike in regards to uh kind of what what your thought process was leading up to this show what your expectations were um and kind of what you wanted to achieve uh, and from your attending this year. So let's start out with you, Steve. What, what was kind of your plan going in? What were your expectations of what would happen at this year's show? Um, I wasn't overly optimistic, to be honest with you. I, 
I mean, things have been a little bit slower lately. I mean, Mike, you know this. Come on, you can chuckle at it. But, I mean, the deals and the discounts have been pretty heavy on the street since last summer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a tight it's a tight competitive market, a lot of glut of product. Um, no, I think it was, a, it's a, it was a difficult time for a show, mm -hmm. I think. Um, I think that uh, I think that pretty much what ended up happening, and look, I can only speak for my little sphere. Um, I know for me, I got the orders that I was probably going to get anyways. I may get them two or three weeks later than today. You know, right. maybe it moved some people a little bit forward in their order. They were in attendance. Uh, we did okay. You know, not gonna not gonna start getting the 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 bathtub encrusted with diamonds. I love you know my favorite boxer of all time, but at the same time, uh, it, it was okay. It wasn't. It was not great, but it was not miserable either. And that okay. was kind of my perspective at my booth. We wrote a decent amount of orders that were enough to justify our being there. Right. The question you don't know is how many of those orders would you have written had you not been there anyways? Right. Did you okay. find the exhibiting experience in 2023 to be that different than the exhibiting experience last year, Steve? Uh, no, I think this, look, the show is really well run. They're very good at the front end organization compared to others. Are they perfect? No, none of them are, but they're, they, they got to, they do it pretty, pretty tight. And, and you got to understand, you know, some of the confusion with all trade shows is always just the fact that you have to use these multiple vendors and, Sometimes, you know, they all have their own little quirky systems. You, you'd be surprised how much time probably Mike wastes trying to figure out how to do a simple booth. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, but overall, I, I think that the, I think the in, the out, the actual execution of the trade show, I think it's very professionally done. I think they do a good job. I think that, but that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Dom was sharp where she was before, and she continues to be sharp where she is now. Right. For those who don't understand, Dawn is the uh, she's the trade show organizer. She's kind of like the director of the battleship. She's she's the one that runs the trade show. I don't know what her official title is, but right. she's El Jefe when it comes to this. And she was at IPCPR previously, moved over to TPE, so she kind of has taken that experience with her and continues to run run it well. Um, all right, Mike. So, what was your kind of expectation heading heading up to the show about what you may or may not be doing at the show, and kind of what you ended up doing? I think TPE is always one of those shows where your expectations are always extremely low. Yeah. I think that um, half the time, I don't know if I'm going to go. You know, as time kind of, it's like, should we go to this thing? What do, PCA, I'm going to PCA. I know I'm going to PCA. I'm going to PCA, right? TPE is just like, well, where does it fall on the schedule? <clears throat> Can we make it work? Is it really that big of a deal? You know, it's always great to get together with everybody and hang out and smoke cigars. And then, you know, you wind up opening your wallet a little bit from a retailer's perspective. But you can live without it, I guess, to some degree as a retailer. But then again, it's awesome, you know, to get more one-on-one -on -one time with manufacturers, with brand owners, and with media. And, you know, you guys are, you guys have all become total friends. So, you know, I look to hang out with you guys whenever we meet up in anything, you know, I'm like, oh, right. where are you guys at? So uh, those things are what's really kind of important. And those things really kind of scale me into, all right, fuck it, I'm going to go, you know, like, let's just go do it. So my expectations, like I said, they're always kind of low. It's definitely blue carpet heavy. 
right? It's definitely yeah. other products. As I think that they removed tobacco to kind of push harder on the marijuana thing because I mean I think if if I'm a, a represent representative of weed and it's tobacco, I'm like whoa 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 that stuff's evil. We, we yeah. don't want I don't want any part of that, you know. <laughs> So that's probably why they pulled that out of the name. That would make the most sense, especially seeing how dominant that whole market is. And I, to be honest, I mean, it looks like they're making Reagan and boatloads of cash and they're all having a great time. You, you know, know what it is, Mike? They're having their 1996. Yeah, right. There, it's, it's the, the total feel over on that side of the show is to me so reminiscent of when the cigar boom was just raging you know, 95, 96, even going into 97, it's just cash everywhere. Everyone's happy. Everyone's making money. Everyone's figuring out a way more money on top of the money they're making. I mean, it's just, yeah, endless customers. The future is bright. Yep. That's what's going on over there. I mean, 100%. hallelujah. We'll never have that feeling ever again. So God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're clawing our way to not being banned from smoking, you know, in the future. <laughs> So, yeah. So I think that that's kind of my general, uh, uh, you know, expectation of the show. I don't right. just kind of wing it. So I lean towards going. It's just it makes sense so, to go. You know, a lot a lot of that has to do with the buyer makeup, right? And what your product mix is. And this is what I always tell people: we're really a bad exhibitor for the bulk of the buyers that are there. The bulk of the buyers that are there own discount tobacco outlets and they own head shops where they got three cases of cigars. And this guy's got, you know, eight convenience store gas stations and he wants two cabinets of cigars in his thing. I mean, there's a lot of cigars that are sold that way. It's a huge, huge market. But those buyers really only want two things. They want either a super well-known legacy brand, you know, Monte Cristo, Romeo and Julieta, Acid, right? I mean, Rocky Patel is almost too nouveau for them, right? Yeah. Okay, or they want the cigar to cost less than four dollars out the door. Okay, right. this is the two products they want. And when you're, you know, like Mike or like myself, you're a small unknown company, and your cigars don't happen to be under four dollars a piece out the door. Yeah. Not so you, you really have nothing for the vast majority of the buyers that are there. And you'll notice that the bigger companies they scale their offerings different. Like you saw at the Gurkha booth. It was all about the five pack and the fresh thing with the thing you can hang on a pegboard, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not the pitch that they have at PCA because that's a different customer class. Right. But that is the pitch that you have when you are at you know this show. And it's look, don't don't think I'm dumping on Gurkha here. I mean, Drew Estates at the forefront of doing this. General does it. STG does it. I don't know if Oliva does or doesn't yet, but if they haven't, they will. You know what I mean? This is just this is the trend. This is the way it's going. So when you're those companies, you can actually tap into that customer base. Right. For us, we just happen to be, we're lucky that some of the brick and mortar shops happen to come and they write an order while they're there with us. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Like you're, you have your smaller retailers that maybe not have, won't have the opportunity to kind of meet with you at PCA or if maybe they meet with you at PCA, but they don't get to spend a lot as much time with you, you know, maybe right. three, four, five minutes. When it comes to TPE, they might be able to get 20 minutes or 15 minutes, you know, just a little Sometimes bit more. Sometimes an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. So when it comes to being a mid level or a lower level retailer to kind of get out and have those experiences and meet the guys who make these cigars, TPE could be a very good experience because be just because of that, you know, 
I mean, I I was talking with you for a couple minutes, and then some guy, some fanboy swooped in, needed a hug and a picture, and you know the the, the whole gamut. So I don't know if you would have gotten that same opportunity at PCA, you know. So that's that. I could see more retailers potentially trying to go to TPE for that reason exactly. No. <laughs> I don't know where the questions are going, so I don't want to just keep <laughs> nope. bringing it's up free topic. flowing, free flowing. Yeah. Go ahead. It's flowing. So, you know, one of the questions is, you know, you ask, am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? Yep. And we have the same question every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, and it's hard to justify by the numbers. I mean, it's not like we hit a home run there, right? We cover our costs, boom, boom, boom. All right. But it doesn't really like move the dial in any way. So why go through the grief of doing it? And part of it is, A, you do have an opportunity to talk to a lot of people that you don't otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Right. I always believe in trying to show face. You know what I mean? So if it's something like this and I'm allowed to participate, I will participate. You know? Um, and then another thing, too, is, and I'll admit it, it's a little bit of a hedge. I, I, I actually don't know where this battle is going to end. Okay. Um, I don't know if TPE is our future or if PCA is our future. I know that I'm going to go down with a ship on PCA. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, I don't mind having the life raft over there either. Right. You know, and you just don't know. And I think it's going to get really, really interesting if this does actually happen where TPE is at the end of January and PCA is like the beginning of April or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, look, retailers are not going to go to both of these trade shows. No. They're only going to probably go to one. Yeah. And that becomes a big decision. What is, how is this going to work? Because I can see someone that has the money could do like a buyer host program that could crush. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're willing to spend, Seven hundred thousand to eight hundred thousand dollars, you can bring in a lot of hosted buyers. That hey, in that's going to have a huge impact on the value of that show. And if they spend that money appropriately, you can see them suck up the people that would be going to the other one in April. Yeah, if they were, if they, if they really were serious about this it's a battle. We want to have a fight because all this namby pamby about, Oh, we get along and we're different. Yada, yada, yada. You know, that isn't true. I mean, the reality is uh, it's tough for us as manufacturers to support two shows a year already. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to support two shows that are literally three months apart. Right. That that's that it's going to, it's going to get really interesting. I think that personally TPE jumped it jumped the shark a little bit you know there was nothing new as far as the cigar world you know there was the for one it was freezing it was super super cold so you know when you, when you did the part yeah for you i'm sure but for most people it, it it hurt the party it hurt the the big opening party that drew state does i know it, it was it was bitter cold in vegas it was an odd one yeah it's a dry cold it's totally different so <laughs> <laughs> so i you know i really think that not last year when you saw the Drew Estate party, you were like, "Holy shit, man! Like, why doesn't why aren't we doing this kind of sort of thing at BCA?" You know, this year it's like, okay, this is the same thing. We nothing nothing else has changed. We just kind of looped in again, and it just seemed to me like PCA 
is okay with where we're at as far as the cigar aspect of TPE. And they're not really gung ho about advancing and continuing to build and grow. It's like, we're good here. You know, I tried to get a booth. I had a moment of weakness at one point and they're like, Oh, we're, we're book solid. I'm like, okay, no big deal. So, but then I saw that some people, some exhibitors that were cigar guys were actually on the blue carpet. I'm like, Oh man, that's, that's tough. How do you say, all right, I'll go sit over here in no man's land, you know, next to the gummies i just don't there's not really a good yeah i guess you were there but it's not going to help you there's not going to be any real sales there and if you have sample i I lost track of something you're saying there were cigar exhibits on some of the blue carpets yeah i didn't know yeah the um the the demarcation line last year seemed and this is only my second tpe but i would say there was a, a marked difference between sort of the more boxy cutoff where it was quite clear you're going to the blue zone. And this year it seemed like there were sort of little islands that sort of made their way somewhat into the blue area. And I have to want, like I agree with Mike, I think I wonder, and I have to assume those retail, those men, those exhibitors felt they were kind of hanging out there out in the middle of nowhere, not really surrounded by their friends or people that they know. And, and I don't know what that did to their traffic numbers, but I can't imagine it was good. Well, they had more traffic, but they had less buyers. That's yeah, yeah that's that's fair. Yeah, I guess you want they, more buyers, they, less they, traffic. They had 90% of the traffic. That's right. <laughs> it's like what PCA did to the e-cig guys, you know, four or five yeah. years. Right. They shoved them in the corner and then just let them all kind of bleed out and die, and they all left angry, you know? Yeah. So I don't know I mean, if that was a factor of, you know, listen, they had some cancellations and there were some spots available, so they, you know, said, look – there's some blue guys that aren't showing up. We can take this spot. We can give it to you. You know, I don't know how, I assume they were pretty clear about the reality of you're going to kind of be out in the middle of nowhere. Are you okay with that? And they're like, well, you know, for $3,000 or whatever it is. Sure. But I, I do wonder for those people, if we were to have this conversation with them to say, you know, how was that for you? I don't know whether they were happy with that decision or not. Well, I know the answer to that they weren't. Right, they probably well, weren't. Yeah, yeah. Just taking the spots a bad. You might as well be just lighting your money on fire. But <laughs> that's one of the beautiful things about our business. I pe- I see people do that all the time, so <laughs> it's good, you know. Yeah. So talking about that, the hosted buyer program. Um, that's something that uh, TPE does. Um, at, you know, to draw in uh, attendees. And uh, question I think more for you, Steve, is does. Does TPE reach out to you to ask you if you want to participate in that program? If you want to bring in some retailers by covering, no, I that's something some that, the no, no. They, they take that out of their own operating budgets. Okay, because there are some other. Charge, they may charge it back to us by raising the rates on the trade show floor, <laughs> but that isn't. Uh, I mean, TPE is not. Everyone says it's cheaper to do TPE than PCA, but it actually isn't. It actually costs exactly the same. The difference is you're just doing everything so much smaller at TPE. It's costing you less money, but it isn't like the booze are really that much cheaper or the carpeting's cheaper or the electrical. It's all the same crap. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the actual cost is near identical. You may even argue it's a little cheaper when the casino and the hotel are connected to the convention center. It cuts down on probably about 80 bucks a day worth of Uber, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Because I had heard from some other exhibitors saying that they were – they were actually bringing in some retailers by covering, I guess, maybe some of the hotel nights or yeah, something like that. I'm so. sorry. I got off topic there. That's right. Yeah, I mean, a hosted buyer program is where they will actually 
approach a retailer in a particular segment and they'll say, listen, you own such and such shop, blah, blah, blah. You do a million dollars or more business a year. We would love for you to come and see TPE. And we're going to pay for your airfare. We're going to give you these hotel rooms and we're going to give you meal vouchers. Mm -hmm. And essentially they end up spending, you know, typically somewhere around $2,000 to bring in a couple from a particular store. Sometimes as much as three, depending who they are and where they're coming from. If you bring in the right retailer buyers, that will make a huge difference as to how we would view TPE, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's really, it's always, a, in any trade show, it's a question of numbers. The issue for PCA is that, you know, back in the day, we would get 1,500, 1,800 retailers. We would always get over 1,000 retailers. We're now, we're now basically between 450 and 550 buyers a year. Now, that happens to work okay for Steve Saka at Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust because I'm in the right size for this group of retailers. But I'm about to max out on them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm such a young company and I'm maxing out. That's not good. So buyers are what makes a trade show work. And if you don't have buyers, you can have all the best exhibitors with the best products in the world. And it just does not matter. Yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe a question here more for Mike and uh, John and I, uh, in regards to the kind of the, the booth layout, uh, at least on the, you know, the cigar side of things is, you know, how do you think the layout was this year compared to previous years in regards to companies utilizing the kind of the, I guess the, uh, I'm blanking on the name now. What do you call it? The corrals or the the pods oh, that they were the using? Pavilion, the pavilion, yeah. Pavilions, yeah. Versus the ones that are kind of you know going with their own independent booths. How, how kind of how do you think that matched up compared to previous years or in a comparison to a PCA kind of layout? John, I don't well, know New York. I mean, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense, both from a perspective of by reducing the footprint, you're, 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 whether it's true or not, you know, they released the numbers. I think they said attendance was up 27% for retailers. It's really, I mean, fortunately, it's really tough to gauge because when you make the pavilions a certain size, they always look busy. Are they actually busy? It's tough for me to gauge. You'd have to talk to the people that are exhibiting at the pavilions. They certainly seem happy, but they're going to say that regardless. They're not going to be like Steve and say, oh, you know, our orders were actually down versus last year. Every time we walk by, the pavilions seem packed. And that's probably as valuable for the trade show as anything to say the perception is always that the pavilion is packed. People are always there. Are they the right people? Are they making the right purchasing decisions? Well, there's no way for me to know that, but I would say it certainly looks better than say a giant Oliva booth where there's like five people standing around and there's no customers. So, you know, I think it, I think it's the smart decision. Uh, it, it does make it difficult obviously for people to move around, but I don't think anyone was really complaining about that. I don't think any exhibitors that I saw were saying, Oh, it's too cramped. They were all saying, gosh, it's really nice to just show up and have my pavilion and pod set up and I don't have to, you know, sweat my balls off for the eight hours or whatever to set up this thing. I literally show up, put product in and I'm ready to exhibit. And then when I need to leave, I don't have to spend another eight hours tearing down. I can just get on a plane and go home. So they seem pretty happy about it. Mike. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it looked the same from last year in my personal opinion, with the exception of a couple of people kind of being stuck out in the blue carpet. Like I said, the pavilions, (laughs) uh, you know, I don't, they didn't look busy to me. And from what I heard, I, I think a lot of people kind of got kicked in the teeth. If I could go up to, you know, 
a pavilion and, and find a seat in that place almost every single time, that means there weren't a lot of people sitting down writing orders. You know, your sales force will make it look busy if you have two or three people with you. I mean, Terrence alone just sitting in the pavilion is a baby giraffe just kind of roaming around in a cage. He he takes up a lot of space, you know. So I think that it, it's going to look it's going to have that aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go or something like, well, you know, Terrence, he always attracts a crowd. So Terrence comes with like two or three guys listening to every word he says, but no, you go with the giraffe thing, man. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't miss him. He's just walking around. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, there's Terrence, you know? So uh, it's, <laughs> this I mean, is why my podcast is number one, Steve. This is so <laughs> laugh. You'll kill me. If I don't correct this, we weren't actually down this year. So just want yeah. to put that on the record. Yeah. But was it amazing? No. Anyways, I, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to judge what looks busy. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the only place I was in TPE was my booth and to take a piss or to leave at the end of the day. Right. So I really saw very little of TPE. I, I got out and roamed like maybe 20 minutes at one point, and that was coming back from the bathroom. So I never really have a sense of what is busy and what isn't busy. I mean, do we, did we look busy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, And I would say we were kind of busy. I mean, it wasn't like crazy busy, but I mean, I don't know, man. I just, it's hard to, I mean, I will say there's certainly, you know, not naming companies because I'm not that guy. And you'll have to tune in the Hustler uh, Patreon to find out what, you know, I really think. But there were certainly (laughs) booths where, you know, walking by on day two and I would expect them to still be busy on day two. And they were, you know, kind of doing the thing. They're laying back in their chair and kind of looking at their phones and just looked really defeated. And and there was a, a really good comment from Omar when we were talking to him about that. And he said, you know, look, there are times where I'm not busy, but I'm not laying back in my chair and looking at my phone and just kind of like looking dejected because that translates from 50 feet away. What I'm doing is, you know, looking busy and, and making it look inviting to come to the booth. And so I, I don't know if some of the exhibitors got that message, but when you have like one principal and three sales guys and they're just sitting there and they look really sad. I don't know that that makes a retailer want to come up to your booth and talk to you. So there's certainly some people that did not appear to be having a good show, but I think that's what happens every year, whether it's PCA or TPE, there's always some winners and there's always some losers. And obviously it's not great if you're one of the losers. Yeah. I, oh, for, I need to clarify one thing real quick because I'm already getting angry texts from Mike Palmer. It's our <laughs> podcast. It's not. Oh, that's <laughs> true. It is the Mike and Mike podcast. Yeah. So yeah. you could just say Mike's podcast. podcast and you've yeah. got it covered. That's right. right. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't think so. I think he's a little touchy. I think we better stick with the double mics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, I mean, everybody thinks that he owns everything anyways, as far as Postania, Cigar Hustle, the podcast. So right. I don't understand why he's getting so uppity, but whatever. <laughs> it's been mentioned. Yeah. Um, so. We were talking about this today and it made more, it would make more sense for me as a retailer to show up day two, day three, right? Then just arrive day one because right. day one's a little bit busier. People are kind of running around a little bit. You know, I, if I use the sock as the gauge, you could see when he was really busy with a bunch of people and talking with a bunch of people and kind of doing his thing. And then as, you know, as time progresses and people kind of leave, there's, there's more downtime, you know? So, and plus the raving and pillaging of cigars is, you know, abundant on day three. I would much rather be there day three than day one, day two, day three. You know, if I had to pick two days and day one, right. day two or day two, day three. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the interesting dynamic. And yeah, I think that I just don't think that a lot of people wrote a lot of orders. I feel like there was a lot of open space. I mean, Saka, you're a draw. Oh. People are going to come to you, you know? Yeah, and this uh-huh. is interesting for me to hear because I can only judge it from our little window. Right. So we we wrote more on day one this year than we wrote all of the previous year. But things significantly slowed down on day two. It was half of what we did on day one. And day three was half of what we did on day two, roughly. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we got all those orders pretty much like in the first few hours. And then, and but the, it was, but I don't know. But the second day we spent time with our big customers, right? So we wrote less t- orders, but they were much more substantial orders. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And you had more time to spend with them at that point. Yeah. And yeah. I also I had, I had a lot of time to spend with a lot of retailers that I didn't know. Some that are accounts and others that are just becoming accounts or, you know, people that are about to open a store. And that's something that regretfully for me at PCA, I don't really make myself available to do. How can um, you? Well, I'm so busy doing the media stuff because I figure that reaches more people. Right. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants me doing sales. It's a disaster. <laughs> okay. So that's not a good idea. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, TP does give you an opportunity to talk to people much longer than you have at PCA. That part is definitely true. Let me ask you this, Steve, because I think you're, you're in a, as an exhibitor, you're kind of in a prime position, unlike us to determine how successful an exhibitor is. I did hear the comment from a number of other, I think it was largely media people and a couple of retailers that said they didn't think there was a lot of media attending the TP. But every time I turned around I was running into some group that I didn't know who are carrying cameras. So you probably being, you know, not to give you too big of a head, but you are probably one of the guys that they want to go see. So I feel like you're probably a good litmus test of, did you feel like there was, you know, kind of the same amount of media coverage as last year up, down, like where was your pulse? I'll tell you, I'll tell you where the difference was. There was just as many and there were some new faces, people that I didn't recognize. But I did less video casts this year, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I recorded more than two or three. Um, I mean, I did, a, I, think I did one audio thing. Um, but uh, it seemed like the previous year, there were a lot more people shooting video. Yeah. Right? And there were a lot more people that were being a little bit more proactive about news stories. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there were just as many people, but it seemed a much more casual kind of thing. With, with a few exceptions, you know, uh, yeah. but I mean, like you guys do your thing, which is kind of whatever it is. I don't even know how to describe it, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I mean, the half wheel was making the rounds. Oh. You know, they were doing their normal running around like a squirrel. And, uh, and, you know, and, you know, there were a couple of the bigger bloggers there. You know, I don't even know what to call anyone anymore. It's <laughs> not really a blogger, more of YouTube and, yeah, I like it when they call us press when we come in. You know, that certainly gives me a swollen head. I'm like, oh, press. I mean, media. I don't. I don't really get the difference. I mean, you did. Did you do anything, Mike? As far as your program from TPE? No, I didn't. You know, I don't like to do. You know, everybody else does those things. You know, these guys are are the best at that. Matt Tyne, how about that cigar? And you know, those dudes, they do all that sort of thing. I you generally just kind of go and assess. And, and get my opinion and just kind of give it verbally. Now, I do have a drone that I keep threatening to bring because I think that would be pretty cool. But I don't know where I would put that video, you know, maybe in the middle of my YouTube or something. But 
I don't want to piss on it somebody else that's doing it. And I don't want to piss people off. I'm like, oh, let me talk to you about it. It's just not my thing, you know? And like, now you got to talk to me as well. It's like, you mm-hmm. just did that, you know? So I really feel like that space already exists. It's already kind of do- dominated by, how about that cigar? Developing palettes, coupe, half wheel. And I don't need to thrust myself into that. And I think that what has happened is a lot of those guys that have done that have realized that it's a, a tough business it's not it, it's not very lucrative and you really have to be passionate about what you're doing in order to continue forward and to do it year over year over year a lot of these guys think that hey i'm going to post up a video do a quick interview and i'm going to be successful you know but if you're asking the same damn questions and that and they're not really that intuitive you're you're going to fall the wayside you know so i i don't think that there's a place for me for that to be perfectly honest and I, do, I mean, I do wonder how much of that is just by the nature of a lot of these hosting agencies for video have become more and more anti-tobacco. That was certainly reflected in the consensus this year where we saw a number of sort of prominent YouTubers who were just no longer contributing in that space. So I do wonder for them, part of it is probably maybe it's not worth it for them to go to the TP and get video coverage because they don't really have a place to show that off. And maybe part of it is, you know, again, the continuing transition of the newer cigar media people are just not doing video because that's not what their audience tunes into. They tune into reels or they tune into short Instagram stories. And, you know, I don't know that you can, I mean, it, I guess you could probably do a 90 minute what new, what's new with Steve, but I don't think you could, you could, or 90 second, I should say. I don't think you can keep that to 90 seconds. So I don't, I don't think that would work. Kind of circling back around to the traffic. Um, I, I thought it was a weird dynamic on the floor because you had, uh, you had the two pavilions. I was kind of surprised that there was, they had, haven't expanded that to more than two and that there wasn't a lot of companies that are interested in those small booths because I think that they could pack in a, a bunch more. Um, I think some of the companies that have larger booths should think about going back to a pavilion because they cannot uh, pull the traffic at a bigger booth. Um, and then some of the bigger companies that went with bigger booths uh, were ghost towns. Ghost and towns. Um, I don't know if that's just because there's a weird dynamic where they don't have the retailers that are at this show that kind of buy from them, or maybe because they didn't have a principal there that they weren't having a draw but there were some larger companies that I would say a significant amount of the time their booths were quite empty. So that was a bit interesting and maybe they should hey, Aaron, you know, scale down a little bit. I know you don't want to name names, but can you give me a sense? Or, are we talking about the 10 by 20, 10 by 30 guys? Or are we talking no, about I'm, bigger than that? I'm talking even bigger than that. Yeah. It, what was that? I mean, P&K was pretty dead. I mean, yeah. they, and they had beer. You know, yeah. We have beer. Come in. Yeah. yeah, but you got weed two hours over. What the fuck? Aaron? Come on. <laughs> True. You, you, you can literally do, you do like a thousand milligrams of gummy in one aisle and just samples. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, then there, was, then there was some guys that had, you know, 10 by 10s or 10 by 20s that were busy Fact. all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah so, we literally you had know. to go by 10 times, 12 times, yeah. which is so, like full on PCA level. Yeah, and you know they're they're not necessarily companies I would think that like would be big draws from the convenience side of things, you know. So there was something going on where they were they had a, just a lot of traffic. Maybe it was just the right group of retailers or whatever it was that was going on. But there, you know, it was just a weird a weird mix. You know, companies that you thought would be busy weren't. Companies that you didn't necessarily think would be busy were very busy. So uh, it, it was just interesting to kind of see to see some of that. So 
Um, but nice to see, I guess, also. Um, but we'll see how it kind of that shakes out to the next trade show versus this show next year, things of that nature. So, so um, can I ask a question? When we talk about these ones that we're doing well, are we talking about kind of like the the named ones where they, they have some sort of provenance already, whether it be a black label or foundation or, you know, somebody like that, or are we talking about like there were just some 10 by 10, no name companies. You, you had, had no idea who they were, but they were hot. There's two that jump out at me and I'll name them because it's a positive for them. So I'll name it. Uh, Cavalier Geneva was busy all the time. Constantly, Constantly people at the, I, at I the don't, booth. I don't know that he had a chance to take a bathroom break at any yep. point within two days. Wow. Awesome. And then Howard G, we never got a chance to talk to him. He might have Every been time the hardest we were by that working booth, guy at the trade show. I'm not Somebody kidding. was talking to Howard. It was amazing. Yeah. That dude's next level, man. Yeah. We 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 stood, I kid you not, I've never this was this was like Steve year one levels where we stood and waited for a half an hour. A half an hour for a break to talk to him. And we could not get we could not get in there. It was just it was just like a constant stream. I mean, kudos yeah. to him. He does a great job of marketing. You know, he's working with some good dudes that are, you know, that are invested in the company. They're not just, hey, make me a cigar, even though they're oh. stars or football stars or celebrities, you know. And he's just down to earth, man. You know, I mm-hmm. got this shit with him at PCA. When, when the opportunity came up for a booth and I saw that I could be by him, I'm like, oh, I want to talk with Absolutely. Al. I want to hang out with that guy. So, you know, I'm not surprised that that he did very well at TPE. <clears throat> you know, the guy works his ass off, and yeah. you know, and it shows. So, which isn't to say that Black Label wasn't busy across them. It's just we had more of an opportunity on day two to to kind of sneak in there and get our five minutes than those two booths where we had to. You know, I think again, the it was difference. Like is, sorry, John. I think the, the difference is that, is that Howard is just so approachable. Mm-hmm. You know, just so easy going and, you know, he's a professional man. He wants to talk about you. He wants to see how you're doing, how are things going on? You know, it, it isn't, and you know, I'm not trying to crap on anybody else, but he makes it very easy. He makes it, you know, it makes it a, a very warm feeling when you talk to him and, you know, now, why wouldn't you want to talk? And plus his, his outfits are amazing. I mean, are you kidding? The colors <laughs> are next level, you know? Yeah. I wish like, I could pull that off. You know, he looks for the brightest thing possible and, and he rocks it, you know? Yeah, so and kind of, the, in Howard's case, you know, it's Howard in the booth. His fiance is with him. So that's, you have, you know, and they're usually in the conversations together. So it's, it's, you know, there's not other people in the booth that you can kind of chat with. So like when we go to see Steve, you know, we could talk to Steve. If Steve's not available, we could we talk, talk to Dave. To we could talk to Cindy. So there's a, a bunch of people there. At Black Label, you could talk to James. You could talk to Derek. You could talk to other people on this on the team. So like, you know, some of those cases, you know, it's you know, you only have a principal really to talk to. So yes, you know that their time is tied up a lot more than you can get from other booths. But you know, still some of those some of those booths, you know, really just popping all the time, which was which was nice to see. So it was mm-hmm. good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, new releases, I guess, at this, at this event, uh, not a lot of releases. And I would say probably not, a, definitely not a lot of releases that drew a lot of buzz. Um, so kind of, you know, John and, and Mike can share in this and, and Steve not really releasing something that's 
like super new or a, a new line kind of a thing that's going on at this trade show. So uh, maybe I'll start with Steve on this actually. So at this trade show, do you, do you see it as a chance to release something new or is that something that you kind of hold back for PCA or other times of the year and not really want to tie it along with the show? Um, a lot of it just has to do with the timing. You know, you're, you're, you're still coming off the grind. It's just like, look, PCA is the, the big point, right? Yeah. So everything revolves a year in advance of what's happening at PCA. And it's just really hard to squeeze something in for that exact time of year. It's, it's tough. And you don't want to do a big nationwide release when you know that you're lucky if 10% of your customers are even going to be on the trade show floor, mm -hmm. right? So you don't want to squander that opportunity to debut something. And so I, I don't think it's a good place to, 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 you know, to announce something, to be honest with you. I'm, I don't even know if it's necessary to do it at PCA anymore, mm -hmm. but I definitely wouldn't want to do it at TPE personally. It doesn't make sense. Now, if I had a product that was perfect for my friends over in the DTO section, okay, the people that buy from PNK, yeah. then yeah, I would scream that at the top of my lungs, right? I just don't have the product that's right for those people. But if I had something that, you know, competed with, you know, factory smokes and whatever God else they put in bundles for less than $4 a cigar out the door. Yeah. I'd scream it out loud and, and, and you would get, you would get a lot of customers. Yeah. So Mike, was there, were there any cigars that were releasing at this show that, you know, drew your attention or something you were looking for going into the show? Uh, well, I told you, I don't know if we were live or not, but I did get sucked into Steve's, Cigar that he released at, at TP, he released, released to everybody. He always so that, gets you. He he he, he kind of comes at you sideways. He's like, "Well, we don't really have anything new, you know." Well, yes, we have this. Yeah. It's like, oh, where did this come from? A, it was just a, it was an opportunity to order them in advance of the other people <laughs> for the same high price that they're gonna pay. So there was like no value in doing it whatsoever. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna yeah. put out the next pre order for the next. Uh, We'll ask to release in on uh, March first or second. Mm -hmm. So, and we just we figured if we were there, we're writing orders. Might as well tell these people face to face. Oh, this is what's coming. Yeah. The one cigar that I was really kind of excited about, and I just I think that they had already released it, but they just kind of got rolling here at TPE was at Don Dorteo. Yeah. You know, and when I had smoked it, I was like, damn, this is a really good cigar. And I wasn't expecting that. I thought, yeah, I came in with low expectations, I guess, to some degree. But Garrett's my friend, and I'm, I was, I was going to support him regardless. I just wound up really supporting him. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is the real deal. I'm getting behind it 100. percent You know, they, they, they spent a pretty penny to put together that booth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was that was that was, that was that was not a small booth, and that was not inexpensive. What they threw together, that was a. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm like a gypsy compared to that. My God, <laughs> <laughs> I miss the old Steve Saka casting couch that you had when you had just started. Oh, that was, so that comfortable. Was we, we still have that. Dust that thing off. Put a camera in front of it. Make it <laughs> awkward. You know, <laughs> we just yeah, same old shit. I'm not buying new. I'm not buying a new PCA booth. I don't blame you. <laughs> John, was there anything that you were looking forward to heading into the show, like release wise? No, no, and and it's not because um, it's not because there wasn't anything new to show off. It's because, to be frank, most of the stuff that was being shown off at the show, we got a press release before the trade show. So, I appreciate the press release. So, in a way, you could say 
do they nece- do they necessarily need to show off something new at the show? I I don't know that they do. I don't know that that's the attraction. It's I mean that's not why I go. Um, it's certainly a big part of why I go to the PCA. But you know, to S- Steve's point and a lot of what Mike was saying, like you know, when it comes around, like are you going to the TP? I don't know. Like you know. It's kind of in a weird time. I just spent a bunch of money on this fancy studio that no one will sponsor me for. I don't know if I can afford that. But I go because, you know, I've made friends and relationships in the industry. And it's kind of nice to spend time with them, go to their booth and find out how things are going. And, you know, physically see the product that I've got a press release for. And for me, a lot of the times, the press release isn't kind of as sexy as seeing the product on display. So, a lot of what we saw was stuff we already kind of knew about. There was there, I mean, there were, were certainly a few products where we didn't necessarily know about, or I just, cause I don't publish the press releases. I wasn't aware, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I've never really thought of TP as the, this is where we're launching a new product show. This is kind of the, almost the lead in the teaser for we're launching a product in April so this is your chance to kind of buy it now, or you can wait to the PCA and we might have something new, but maybe we don't. But well, what was Drew Estate's big release? What was that what was that thing called with the two and one in it? Oh, come on, guys. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's got that one one acid and like the it's two, got, it's got uh, two. No, it's got two acid and one underground, right. I think. Oh, right. was yeah. it that how it was? Oh, okay. Right. It's like it, getting into start with infused and finish. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how they get you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, you know, so Steve, I think you said at the top of the hour, you know, a lot of the soft packs and shockingly, that was, that was the thing that kind of stood out to me most is the number of retailers, the number of exhibitors that had soft packs. And they're like, yeah, we're going with soft packs. It gives people a chance to get three or five cigars, try our, try our offerings. And I'm like, that makes sense. That's a smart move, especially if someone's not familiar with their brand. And we saw that from a number of exhibitors and you know, it's not sexy, but it doesn't have to be sexy because you're there to do business. You're not there to necessarily satisfy all the media people that are coming for free cigars. You know, you're, you're there to actually do business. So, um, I, yeah, I, I thought it was, it, you know, it's a typical TPE for me and I was happy to go. And, um, yeah. You also have to understand really a lot bad. of those packs that they exhibit in their booths are there because of P and K. In other words, right. they may just be doing those packs for P and K. Right. Yeah. Okay. But yet, because they're at PNK show, they're you know they're definitely going to show it in their booth. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so I mean, a lot of that stuff is already like funneled into those channels. Yeah, and I, I mean, we certainly so good. I was just going to say we did we you know we did get a chance to to try some I mean early early try some product that you know isn't necessarily in the market or some product that just got released in the market. The problem is that it's. Whether it's Vegas in February or whether it's Vegas in July, it's literally the worst place on earth next to where I smoke to sample a cigar. So, you know, I smoke it and I'm like, well, it's good, but is it good because I'm sitting here talking with Steve and I kind of like him and, you know, he, he, he you right. know, I've warmed up to him and, uh, you know, he's a good guy and I like his cigars. Or is it because it's a really good cigar? Well, I won't know until I take it home and let it sit for 90 days and try it to really know. So, again, I don't know from our perspective that it's really a product driven showcase as much as is a relationship management and just kind of reaffirming that hey yeah we're still around we're still here we're still doing things and and talk about strategy for what the 2023 plan looks like for for all the exhibitors which is why i think fuente kind of just popped in quietly yeah not taking orders but they were there 
you know, yeah. hey, we're here, you want to talk to us or whatever the case may be, you know. Right. That's, so, but that's what I've always said. If you know, eventually, if PCA the ROI isn't there, we'll just reduce ourselves to that. Like I said, I'm going to go down with the ship, but I mean, I'm going to I'm going to scale back as necessary. What I hope is, I'd love for a future where I add another, you know, four boosts. You know, I can only hope the future is that bright. Mm-hmm. But I, I was one of the few boosts last year that grew physically in size. Right. Um, because the previous year it wasn't enough. This time around, it, it was a good, it was the right amount of space for us. Right. So, but we'll see. Maybe this year it'll be too much space. I mean, turning Speaking the question. Growth, sorry, I was oh, just going to, before you moved yeah. on, I was going to say, turn the question around you because you always get to ask the questions. You never get to answer the questions. You do all the press releases. What was, what was your take kind of going in with the product releases and what you saw versus, you know, all the press releases we kind of put up prior to the show? Yeah, I mean, there were, there were two cigars I was uh, interested in checking out, uh, but those were just, um, you know, selfish reasons for me wanting to to see them. I was curious about the Cavalier Geneva uh, Tres Delinquentes because of the price point. I'm uh, curious to see what, you know, Sebastian could do with a, a lower price cigar to see what that would look like. Um, and then the new uh, series from Costa 1910. Um, I haven't really been impressed with any of the two series before, but... Um, they now are going to the Dominican and uh, Tobacco of the Isla, which is putting out some pretty good cigars. So kind of curious to see what that was going to look like. Uh, but other than that, there wasn't anything that was really, I think, you know, drawing me in or saying, oh, you got to go check this out kind of a thing. I mean, I felt like there was a lot of releases from Altidus that was out there. But, the, you know, that's kind of the standard fare, you know, we got an H up and we got a Romeo. So, you know, it's not anything that's going to be really exciting. Um but, uh, you know, as we typically know, that's not what happens at this show. This is not the release show. Um, not saying that it may not be in the future, but at this point, it's it's not the it's not the release show. It's I think it's to, you know, to try to see, um, you know, do you have products or can you bring a product that can uh, make people come over from the other side of the aisle and and want to, you know, make make an order or something like that. So um, or, you know, try to, you know fill in with other retailers that are coming to stay in that cigar area to see if that works out for you. So, um, you know, getting, getting FaceTime with people and things like that. I think that works out uh, for a lot of people because it's not like, you know, it's not a release show. So um, that that was, that's kind of my, my view on it. But um, you know, we get a lot more FaceTime with people at this trade show than we do at PCA, just because I think the, the lower traffic and things like that, maybe they're not as busy. Uh, we're not as busy so we can, um, spend a, a lot more time together, um, which is, is nice. It's nice to be able to do that. Um, especially when we don't all live by each other. So we get, you know, maybe two times a year to see each other. And one time a year we get to see each other for five minutes. And the other time we get to spend maybe a couple hours together. So it's nice. Um, but talking about, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Would have been a perfect opportunity to bring t-shirts. It Just, would have that's, been. That's it would smart. Have been. That's smart. But, you should have, yeah. you should have emailed that. That would have been a good suggestion. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll take it into account for next year. Yeah. Um, but talking about, uh, growth a little bit, uh, you know, the show floor grew, uh, over last year. Um, just looking at it from my eyes, looking at the cigar area, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't really tell you that I saw a lot of growth. Um, maybe a couple of booths got bigger. Uh, maybe, you know, a couple of those companies moved out into the blue carpet and that's, that was the growth. But where I saw the growth was when I went, tried to go to the food court and I was like, you know, 
I was like in, in vacation. I had taken my pants off. I put them over my head. I used my belt to strap it up so that I was like the I was blocked from the sun. So I could make it all the way down to the end to get some of that water. That was a long walk. That was way longer than I ever remember it being. Uh, and the walk back was very far as well. So the growth, there was definitely a lot of growth on the other side on the blue carpet. So yeah. as you guys said earlier, the money is there. They're spending money. There's money to be made. There's a lot of those vendors there. So, um, yeah, cigar side. I don't know what you guys think on the cigar side. I didn't. I, I didn't feel like there was a huge amount of growth, but the rest of the space, yes, it's it's quite big. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think that if on the cigar side we said, "Hey, you know, we're just we're gonna go." <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for thanks for trying it. You know, uh, blue all the way. You know, I think that yeah. that's of it and i think that when you land next time you need to go to costco you need to get yourself some snackies you need to get yeah. your own water and that way you don't have to deal with the bullshit down the cafeteria yeah i think that's a good idea you're not wrong <laughs> you're not wrong because it was it was like walking the taxi gauntlet in nicaragua right it was just like every five feet i'm like no gracias no gracias no gracias no gracias and you can only do it and and as aaron said like as I looked at my watch at one point, I'm like, God, I feel like we're going to get a third of our steps today just going to the going to the food court and coming back. Like, I don't know how many times I can do this before <laughs> I'm just like, listen, I got a cigar in my mouth. Clearly, I'm not interested, but they were not deterred. Kudos no. to them. They are hungry and they are working those booths. So, you know, a okay. lot, of, lot of good energy. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the old days when uh, you'd be walking around the uh, IPCPR floor and you'd get a tens unit uh, company mm. every every five minutes with, went trying to pull you in to do that, or uh, they want to sell you some phone cases or something oh, like yeah. that. But yeah, little little too friendly for you know. I don't expect that kind of level of friendliness out of the cigar industry. It's always ah fucking McTavish versus uh, hey, how are you? I'm like they are way too friendly <laughs> to actually be interested in me. This yeah. is a trick. I'm not going to fall for this again. That's one of the nice things about TPE. The customers are genuinely happier. They really yeah. are. I mean, <laughs> it's a much happier vibe. Oh, yeah. Okay? For sure. It, 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 yeah, we get a little bit of that contact high. And I love I love the ones that straggle over into our world. Yeah. Right? Like on day three, I, I sat down with one guy for like an hour talking about horticulture, how we do this with tobacco. And he's talking, teaching me about how they do it with weed. And we we're talking about, well, oh, this is very similar. And this is, you know, it's like literally 45 minutes, 50 minutes with this dude. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he's an expert in growing weed, but fucking convince me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> do you see a lot of crossover opportunities, Steve? Like, do, like I know you talked about how, your products are obviously positioned for a lot of the cut, a lot of the sort of larger retailish type customers, the quick retail customers right. that are there. Do you see a lot of crossover opportunities from people coming over from the blue carpet that maybe are looking to pick up some DTT? Um, not pick up DTT, but I think they see, look, one of the things you have to understand is so much of what these stores sell is on such a very low margin. Right. Okay. That's the reason why they put the glassware and the CBD in and all that stuff is because there's some places that they can make money. Cigars turn out to be really good for the physical footprint of space that they take for the amount of money that they generate is really quite, quite high. Now, for a big retailer, this is a problem because you have to stock so much of it, right? So you have literally hundreds of thousands of dollars tied up in cash. But when you're that small guy that has two cases in your store, what's it cost to populate those cases? You know what I mean? He's basically going to end up buying, you know, 12 
15 boxes of cigars to populate his case. It's, it's, it's so, it, you know, it's really about having a product that makes sense for that consumer. Uh, will Dumbarton have one in the future? Maybe so. I mean, I've already run into a problem where I have to make a lower me Rita, right? Mm-hmm. An umbagog. So I'm going to run into this problem because of brulee. Brulee has been doing really, really well, which is God bless. But I'm running into wrapper sort problems. To keep the quality of the wrapper so high on brulee, I'm having to stuff up too much wrapper. And it's really too much to sell secondhand because I'm not going to get my money out of it. So it's kind of like the same situation with the broadleaf that doesn't make Nikkei Rita getting used on Umbagog. I'm going to have to come up with a lower price product to use this uglier Connecticut shade on if I want to keep brulee growing and looking the way it looks. I got one for you. Mikarita G Fresh. We put a little tip <laughs> on it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it sounds like a great idea. I don't. Maybe the timing was off. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or maybe we could do a get a hybrid cigar with a vape tip. So as you draw on the burning <laughs> cigar, it always also pulls a little vape juice in at the same time. Well, the battery. Yeah, exactly. There you go. The so. Smoke. Yeah, I don't think I don't even think any of you guys remember this, but during the cigar boom, there was a cigar plushy toy that had a pull string. And it was all these really stupid statements, right? <laughs> this thing debuted in 1996. The guy that did this, he did three million dollars in this fucking wow. talking plushy doll. Okay. Wow. Yeah, none of you guys have ever seen one of those. I don't, but uh, at TPE24, you will see me with a vape plushy toy of it. Yeah, so. I'm telling you, man, there's money in that shit. <laughs> Just think about it. You made a cute vape plushy in all yep. kind of unicorn colors, and it had little cutesy sayings. Yep. Dude, you must be printing the money. <laughs> there you go. We should Listen, all team up on that. I don't need to date myself here, but in all fairness, in 1996, I was 12. So... <laughs> I didn't, uh, I was not partaking at that point. Uh, all right, let's talk about the uh industry party we kind of touched on real quick. Mike was talking about the the weather. Uh, did you attend the party, Steve? I did not. Okay, you did, Mike, for a moment. (laughs) It was cold. I I can confirm it was, it was, and I say this as a Canadian, it was (laughs) fucking cold. Yeah. Yeah, it was very cold. Yeah, I looped in. I did. I did a quick walk around and uh, made an exit and sat outside uh, back into the casino where I smoked my cigars and just kind of hung out. And I got to see, uh, JD um, walking, and he said that he had fallen into the pool and oh. that he that he was wet. <laughs> oh. So I mean, that's right. gotta be. I mean, the pool had to be freezing. So I don't know how yeah. far. I didn't know if it was just his foot or whatnot. <laughs> you know, like that about wraps up the the after party for me is it was yeah. you know great example there. You know, I feel like a lot of people I saw dude, I saw people going in, getting plates of food and then yep. just leaving and going back to their rooms with the actual plates. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, you know, that is that is cold blooded, but smart. <laughs> but yeah. you know, um, I saw a lot of that. So I mean, it was just cold, man. It was just cold. So nobody was hanging out. Not not from what I saw. I mean, there were there were people there, but right, yeah, it was nowhere near the number from the year prior when it was 
shiny and new. It's like, wow, this is awesome. This is incredible. You know? Yeah, but it was also it was also temperate. I mean, yes. I, I just knew I wasn't going just because it was so damn cold. Right. I had already, I mean, come on, outside on the pool, 70 mile an hour winds, 40 degrees outside. No, thank you. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> I didn't bring my North Face jacket, so. Yeah. I did bring my North Face jacket, but I did not want it getting smoky because, you know, I'm a princess like that. So I was like, <laughs> nope, not doing it. Not, not going to smell it's outside, like that. On so the you're ship. in a good spot. You get a little yeah. smoky, but it's not that bad. Well, you're Canadian. You should have several North Face jackets. Ooh, I should I actually. Yeah. I don't even understand this. You don't want your jacket to smell smoky? Well, because I have a, I have a, you know, I, I, I have officially transitioned from an outdoor smoker to an indoor smoker because I'm bougie now. So I'll, I didn't bring my traditional Arctic smoking fare because number one, I apparently didn't look at the long-term forecast like a dummy, and number two, I didn't bring what would have been the perfect jacket for that weather because i didn't think i'd need it so again i'm still stuck on the you, you have certain jackets you don't smoke in saka's right every jacket's a smoking jacket i mean hey, what is this? this is what sort of guy are you we don't yeah. we don't we don't Reach have a of... check somebody give him a check <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the kind of time to dive into why i have separate jackets for smoking and how my i don't my want to there should be no not. reason whatsoever there's none that's acceptable do you smoke Me? in your car john i do not smoke in my car Wow. Yeah. I got to go. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, can't, I can't not smoke in my car. Yeah. It's like I a seatbelt, baby. I, I got to light up. A rite of passage. You know? I'm not getting on the interstate without one. Oh, yeah. The food situation was a little iffy at the party. Yeah. So you get yeah. in line, you get your plate, you get your mashed potatoes you get your asparagus your lobster mac and cheese and you get your roll and then you're like where's the meat and then you're like you're looking over yonder as you are on the blue carpet and you're like oh the meat's over there and you're like i'm gonna go get the meat and then you get it start getting over there and you see this like weird like snake line and you're like where's the end of this thing and you keep looking and you keep walking and you keep looking and you keep walking and you keep looking, you keep walking, and you find the end of the line, and then you're and you're like, you you eat in the line everything that you collected so far, so that you can make it up to the meat with an empty plate, so and they can so give you, you don't get frostbite two slices of meat. So, <laughs> I I did have a moment with the you want for free people. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had a I had a moment where I, I don't know how long we were in that line for, but I feel like it was about twenty minutes. And we got up to the front and the meat looked great. I mean, it was great meat, but the guy kind of carved me off these kind of two little, two little ends, right? Kind of had it put me, put two ends and kind of, you know, there you go. And I kind of looked at him like, is that how you're going to do me? Like I just spent 20 minutes and like, you're going to give me two, like that's basically three ounces of meat. Really? Is that? And he goes, okay, I, I, I can give you one more. And, he, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a big guy, but I like to, I like to tear loose when I'm at the trade show and eat a lot. And, you know, I was, I was a little disappointed with how they were kind of rationing out the meat, uh, perhaps because, you know, they needed to feed a lot of people. But I think what surprised me, Aaron, is that last year it was all kind of in the one pool area and I thought it, yeah. the, the food service went pretty well. Like it was very well organized. I felt like the food stations kind of flowed pretty nicely it was clean lines you kind of went up did your whole thing got your meat at the end of the station the buffet station and 
you were good. Was it just that there were so many more people attending the, the, the industry dinner? Like I, I was confused because this whole other area was also completely filled with people yeah. getting food. Yeah. I think that was the case where they got bad feedback that they had got it too backed up last year or something like mm. that. But yeah, they moved it over. But yeah, I mean, the way that the lines were set up with all these like weaving parts of it, it's good when people are like polite and things like that. And like, mm. you know, say, oh, here's a line. I'll get in the line and stuff like that. But once you start, when you start getting up to the front, you're a little bit more, I think I'm a little more observant of like, who's like trying not to follow the rules. And when they start coming in from the other side to try to get up to the front, I'm like, Hey, I'm on, I remember I'm from the red carpet. I'm not as happy as the rest of these guys. So you're not going to be able to take advantage of it. So we had to bump a couple people out of, out of line from trying to get, uh, get the easy quick meet, but, um, well, kind of gave them a nice little eye contact for a little bit to make sure they understood that I see that I see how you're entering the line and it's not appreciated. So they, when, when the guy wants to do it and you get, you make eye contact with his wife and his wife gets him out of line. That's, that's the play. You, right? you know how you solve all this? You just be like me and just say, I've never eaten a fucking place where I have to stand in a goddamn line. <laughs> well, right yeah, for, I understand. There you go. Yeah, that solves that problem for the yeah. rest of your life. <laughs> I just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that night it was amazing. Yeah. So, but you tout, tout, you tout tomahawks. You got to give out some meat. You can't just like go, go super easy on it. So, all right. Um, so anything we want to talk about the rest of this show, or we can start talking about uh, going like moving ahead, like some PCA stuff or TPE next year kind of thing. I, I have a, it, I have a couple of topics I want to ahead. talk about. So Unreal. last year, last year it kind of seemed like because we had it seemed like more people, more industry people staying in the Sahara. And, and and maybe that's just me judging by the sort of morning cigar group. Cause we had a pretty good morning cigar group. I'd roll in at 6am and there was, you know, six, seven industry people there having cigars and, and having their coffee. And uh, I kind of missed that this year. And I got the impression that a lot of, a lot more people maybe didn't enjoy their experience or they, or they just wanted to go to a different hotel, but with the resorts world and with some of the other hosted hotels, it seemed like people were a lot more spread out this year. Did you guys experience that at all like what was your take on that yeah new yeah. resorts world was another one of the uh hotels that uh tpu was working with and then i think some other people were staying over at the palazzo so it definitely seemed like it was spread out a bit more than previous years i brought my own coffee i picked up cold for cosmos i was not you know i always saw the line at starbucks in the morning and i was not about to partake you know so um, that's why I was not downstairs for the morning coffee, you know, scenario, I guess. I just brought a 12 pack of cold brew and rocked and rolled, man. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think people were more spread out. There are a yeah. lot of people staying in a lot of different hotels this time. Yeah. Part of the reason why is because the Sahara is kind of a dump, you know, it's a mixed bag. It looks nice downstairs, but upstairs. Some of those rooms, I mean, you get lucky, you can get a perfectly great room, but you get unlucky and you get a, you get a real dog type of room. I'll tell you, Steve, I, I definitely rolled the snake eyes this year. Last year, I, out, yeah. I, I, I did pretty well for myself. This year, they like they must have had me in the system. They're like, Canadian, maybe he doesn't tip very well, kind of a dick. Let's put him over in the other, in the other non-working elevator tower. And I was like... I was like, is this New York? Like this ho this room is like 
like I have, I've had apartments that were bigger than this, like our apartment bathrooms that are bigger than this room. Like, what is, what did I do? I've never seen the bathroom sink situation in John's room in any other hotel ever, bro. Like, I could literally <laughs> use like the sink to, from my bedroom in the room when they built it. And they, it was an afterthought. It was, it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I can, t- I can tell you right now, if I decide to return to the TPE, there's a zero percent chance that I would be staying at the Sahara again. Zero percent. It was unequivocally, especially for Vegas, which is kind of supposed to be a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, an experience-based place. That was a zero percent experience. It was a miserable oh, yeah. experience. Of experience. It just sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. The sucky experience. Yeah. So let's just review here real quick. So you were interrogated by the Germans at the border as you were going home. As, as <laughs> they, is normal. They didn't want to feed you at, at the tobacco expo. Correct. There was no coffee meeting thing in the morning. No coffee meetings in the morning. And your room sucked. My room sucked. No, you missed, you missed the key one. Don't make a cigar guy walk up and down stairs at a convention after pulling, you know, 12,000 steps a day. That's, that's where you, you pretty much break a guy's back where you're like, I'm sorry, the elevator doesn't work. You're going to have to take the stairs. Thank God I was staying on the fifth floor because if it was the 12th floor or the 15th floor, you know, some of these poor souls, 17th floor, I probably would have just tapped out at that point. No, I'm not. I'm not staying on the 17th floor. No. <laughs> I, I took, so at the end of, I think, day one or day two, Ronnie from Secreto, he hits me up and he's, or we're talking. He's like, oh, I guess I'll go sit in the Uber line. I'm like, oh, I got a rental car or whatever. Just jump in. I'll take you over there, right? So I go to take him over there and I guess I went the long way. He let me know. He goes, I just wanted to know that, you know, when I <laughs> ride last time it was a lot faster than he's giving you the three stars as you're riding you're like bro this is a free ride what are you talking about hey you're welcome dude you know no no no. have a good day dude he he never stops yeah ronnie in typical fashion always ronnie it's crazy (laughs) remarkable all right john what else do you have anything and that was it. Like- that was that was kind of the uh, and you know I don't think that was any anything on the TPE because they don't run the hotel. But um, you know, like I said, it was a marked difference between my experience at the Sahara last year, which was it was fine. I mean, you you got the same kind of room that I did last year, which I was like, this is a fine room. There's no issues with it. There was plenty of people staying at the at the hotel, so we had that kind of morning hangout and then the sort of per, uh, post show afternoon hangout. And I felt like that was a bit lacking this year because you know people were a little more spread out and they realized. Yeah. Uh, maybe I don't want to stay at a dumpy hotel, which is. Right, also, I think you're going to see more people stay over at Resort World because Absolutely. A, it's nice, and yeah. B, it's got some interesting stuff, and C, because of eight. Yeah, and eight's a cool level. A lot, a, lot a lot of cigar guys ended up at eight pretty yep. much uh, three nights of the four they were there, right? Yeah. So why not just stay in the same damn hotel, for God's sakes? Yeah. Just, just think about you're going to save an Uber and the potential of doing some really stupid in that drunken stupor from eight to your room. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. eight so, is a uh, pretty packed though. And if more people go over there, it's going to be nuts. So, so before we move on, I just want to say two things. Number one, if John actually wound up with an Uzi and wiped out like an entire city or something like that, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I understand. He lost it. And he finally hit his breaking point. It makes sense to me. You know, consider that when he goes to jail. And number two is the one thing that you haven't talked about at all is a $72.5 million discussion that everybody had an opinion on during this show. 
Are did we somebody, moving? I, we did could talk about it. The trade show? Yeah, we was could it? talk about it. I mean, it wasn't necessarily TP related, but it was like but, you know, at the time, so it was appropriately dropped right before TP. Yes, it it, it was. So I um, thought that was a mistake, honestly. Yeah, I would agree with that. No orders at TP as a result. Yeah, who's going to write an order I mean, when they just found out the right? So got I mean, they would have been much smarter to drop that news the week after rather than oh, yeah. before. Yeah, I, yeah I, but you I, know, this is the timing of it. Huh? But it's it's an ego dri- driven industry. So the thought was, yeah, let's show them what's up. You know what I mean? I'd rather co- I'd rather collect an extra million dollars and then uh, I can have my ego on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So right. for the yeah, from for a the, logical standpoint. <laughs> so for the two viewers that are tuned in and somehow didn't clue into the news during the trade show or didn't clue into the news afterwards, we're talking about the uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group's acquisition of Alec Bradley, which I think was seventy six point five million dollars and was announced. Uh, kind of, I don't even think the show had opened. I, I think we no. were literally, yeah, because we got media early access. So we got media early access and Aaron was hopping out of the shower and he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is happening. And so, yeah, it, it went up before the show even opened. Yeah. A little bit of a surprise so, for some people. You know, obviously, first question that everybody at the Alec Bradley get, booth gets is, what's happening? You know, <laughs> what's going on? Well, there's no answer to that. It's the same as always. A company yeah. gets bought by another company and nothing changes immediately. And eventually everything changes. And that's just the way it always works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it caught a bunch of people off guard in regards to Alec Bradley. And uh, probably un- a bit un- unfair to them that they had to answer just, questions. That's just the because time. they're judging things from their small perspective. of What's just in their humidor is the only thing they see. And they're not understanding that Alec Bradley is a very wide-selling brand when it comes to distribution, and particularly a lot of it through STG and Cigars International. I mean, they're by far their biggest customer. So, I mean, part of when you look at this buyout price that I know seems crazy at face value, um, maybe it isn't as crazy when you understand that just next year alone, you're probably going to pocket 4 to $6 million in just direct savings mm-hmm. now that you don't have this company in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's just like gravy on top before we even talk about anything else. Yeah. That's just instant guaranteed, you know, four to six million extra cash. And that's something the shareholders really love to see happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it sadden you a little bit that it was only 72.5 or $76 million? I mean, that, I know that that sounds like a lot. No, but it's a lot, actually. I think it's like, a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, what, three times, three times yeah, 2022 yeah. revenue? Yeah, I mean, and look, it's not like they had a high, mar- you know, margin of profit either, right? I know the EBITDA was published. I six six point five million EBITDA, I think. Yeah, was it that high? Yeah, it seemed like a pretty healthy. EBITDA. It had to be adjusted. Yeah, it was sure adjusted they- EBITDA. Okay, so well, that's what EBITDA is, anyways. What am I talking about? But yeah, I mean, I don't know, but when you start thinking about just that, that alone, how that's much healthy. that saves you? It's real money. Yep. And it also gives you a chance to add another brand to your stable that has a lot of consumer recognition because they've been beating the Alec Bradley drum now for two decades plus. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have a built-in customer that's already there. The brand has some awareness. That's very good, way better than my brand. I can tell you that. Um, So yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see how this mathematically works out and the number isn't as crazy as a lot of people think it is. And the fact that you don't have to worry about a you know a factory or anything like that to take on, um, the sales staff probably gets let loose, and you just go with the forge team that's already there. That cuts more costs as well. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, you could see a lot of a lot of good things for you know increasing revenue. You, you, right, right you get a lot of efficiencies. You know what I mean? It's all going to be important next. Everything's going to be together now. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's gonna. It does make sense. I think. I think it's just we as consumers, as cigar geeks, we just look at it as Alec Bradley as a brand that was already past its prime, mm. right? And for us, yeah, but we're not those type of cigar smokers, right? For the cigar smoker that smokes Alec Bradley, it's a it's a product in a really good position, is what it is. Okay. I guess. What were your it. thoughts, Mike? I don't know, man. You know, it's uh, I don't like seventy-two or seventy-five million. Just doesn't seem like it's a ton of money. I mean, I guess I understand that there's justification and you know more vertical integration and all those things for the for SDG. But I don't know. I felt like when I heard retailers saying, "Oh, Alec Bradley," I'm like, well, I don't think you like was Sock was saying like I don't think you understand how big of a deal this is for SDG, and it, and it makes sense for them, and. You know, when I heard that that was kind of the number that was determined, I was like, that just seemed kind of low to me. I don't know. It was like, it was kind of sad, I guess, as far as. But what are you talking about? But Mike, it's 10 times EBITDA. I, and that's my point. Even if it's, ten, if it, I'm saying that the, the value is probably but justified. It, like, but I think, I think what you're, here's the problem. It's just cigar businesses just aren't worth what people think they right. make. That's it, my point. It's just such a. I mean, so here you have a company 20 odd years later and look, they're making a healthy EBITDA, right? But I bet before the adjustments, I bet that's only about three, right? Because that seems to be about all we can eke out in our industry. We're, we're right. lucky if we can ever even sniff 10% net profit. That yeah, is sad. Contrary uh-huh. to popular belief, no one in the cigar industry is 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 raking in those fat stacks. I mean, people think you guys are raking in fat stacks, but having seen behind the curtain... Yeah, but part of it is because we're obligated to act that way, too, because people like to bet on winners, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a problem, too. You know, so you got to be careful about that. But, I mean, ultimately, there's really – there's only two ways to make money in our business, and that is be multi-generational and just continue to grind and build to a point that you get to a very nice equilibrium like the Fuentes and the Padrones have, or you get bought. There's no other there's no other way to make money in the cigar business. Real money. Yeah, if you're doing good, you might be able to earn a living, but right. there's no there's there's no other avenue towards like real money. That's you it. Right. Need that yacht money. And yeah. you don't you, you don't get yacht money in the cigar business very often. You really don't. You can spend yacht money, but it's tough to acquire yacht money. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's just it's just it isn't it isn't I don't know. It's in. All right, it's are we ready to it's look at a buyer's market more than a seller's market? Let me sure, say that. Sure, sure. All right, let's look ahead. Uh, Steve, are you planning to go to TPE next year? Yes. Mike, are you planning to go to TPE next year? How do you want me to answer that question? I told you I didn't know I was going with this one. Uh, I think that if I'm going to go, and I hope to God I remember this, I'm going to go day two, day three. Okay. Yeah, good play. I like that. Are you going, John? It is going to be a game time decision. Um, And I would say, you know, and I'm pretty open about, you know, my opinions on stuff. Obviously, I'm a media guy. So, like, you want to know my opinion, I'll give it to you. Uh, I think that the PCA move is going to have a big impact on my decision making for next year. I think if the PCA decides to move up, 
to some of the rumored dates, which we, you know, these are all rumors. As always, rumors in the industry aren't truth. It could be March. It could be April. If it's March or April and it's still in Vegas, that makes it a very tough decision for me. Uh, just like, you know, a lot of the smaller manufacturers, I am also not raking in cash from the cigar industry. And so this money comes out of my pocket to attend the industry. I mean, the TPE, uh, to their credit, uh, makes it extremely available for us. They do everything within their power to make it a trade show for us to attend. They do everything to support us. They, um, you know, they have a hosted program for their hotels, which is very appreciative. And so that softens the blow. But for me to go down to Vegas, and I think the dates for TP next year would be end of January, sort of rolling mm -hmm. into February, then to turn around and come back to Vegas in three months. I'm Canadian. I enjoy Vegas, but I don't enjoy Vegas that much. And, you know, to do a winter Vegas and then kind of a spring Vegas, that's a lot of Vegas for me. So if that's the case, I would say it's going to have to be a game time decision. And kind of like our discussion this year, you know, I'll have to talk to the developing palace team and see who's interested in going. And that's probably going to be a decision I make, you know, November, December of like, am I attending or am I not? It, I may have to skip it, but I may be there. It's tough to say. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. It depends on kind of what happens with PCA. If they're stacked up like that, um, the days for PCA might not work out for me. Um, I have a every other year trip I take um, around that time, around spring training for baseball. So, um, unfortunately, baseball wins over cigars for me in that case. So Unbelievable. that is a guy that is seasoned in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about TPE 2024. Uh, let's say we're all attending. All right. Um, is there anything that you uh, would do differently in regards and kind of like you've already talked about this about attending. So in, in your, in your kind of in your space. So Steve is an exhibitor. Mike, you as a retailer, uh, you know, media, is there anything that you would do differently next year than what you've done this year or previous years, just kind of based on your experience from this past year? I'll, I'll give it to you, Mike, just to kind of go, you can re rehash your day two, day three thing, anything else that you might yeah. want to. I mean, I would dumb down the time that I'm there to okay. be honest. And, you know, I think that uh, the reality is the PCA moves in a little bit closer to them. I think PCA is the victor when it comes to crushing one or the other. Right. If TPE tried to make a move on PCA, I don't think that it would it would flourish at all. You know, I don't think that they really care enough to be honest. Yeah, they got a way bigger thing going on. So, um, yeah, I would dumb down the, my time there. You know, I hate being. I, I fucking hate Vegas at this point. I can't stand <laughs> coming. You know, um, yeah. I way too much for the food, and it's always kind of subpar you know it's like it's good but it's like damn that was not for that price yeah yeah um and yeah you know it, it is expensive there's there's more cost than that you know as far as travel and then time and then recovery you know mm. yeah and um i hate missing my kids games man i yep. hate it and i missed a lot of games they had three back-to-back -back games that friday and nothing irritated me more than completely missing that Four. I'm getting, I'm sorry, I'm getting the four signal. <laughs> <laughs> Three from one and then one from the other. So, uh, such a bad dad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the worst. I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm gone. Throw that bum out now. <laughs> get, him out of here. get him out of here. You know, but like at the end of the day, 
you know, I, I take care of my, my health and my family first. And then like everything else is kind of out, out afterwards. So, you know, when I had realized that this was happening, if I had realized that, 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 that I was going to have four games on Friday, I wouldn't have gotten a TPE. Yeah. I would have said, forget it. I'm not yeah, missing. But, but the reality for you, Mike, is you don't have to go to either show if you didn't want to. And, and that's what's happened is so many retailers have made that decision. I yeah, don't think, I, I think for me, that's a problem because I do think there is value in that face to face time of being of at a trade show. And it doesn't even, for me, it doesn't even have to be a trade show. It could literally be a one week meet and greet. You know what I mean? Right. Where, but it wouldn't have broken you as far as sales wise. You see, your orders would have been the same, probably. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think TP didn't make us and it didn't break us. Right. You know, maybe we picked up an extra 100, 150K earlier than we would have gotten. You know, but I think a lot of the orders we got were just kind of on par with the orders we get this time of year. And also we have a price increase that's going into effect in a week, right? So we're getting those orders, people, you know, getting ahead of the price increase. So it's kind of hard to tell where the upticks come from. Yeah. All right, Steve, anything that you would do differently next year at TPE based on your experience from this year or previous years? Yeah, I would drink more. I didn't drink enough this year. <laughs> I really didn't. I, uh, the previous year we managed to polish off five bottles in three days this year we only did two mm. so definitely the, the pace of the uh the pace of the alcohol consumption was down and yeah. I, I find that to be a very disturbing statistic <laughs> um uh honestly no i like i said we for us tp is kind of a placeholder right mm-hmm. see where things shake out so I, I don't really personally see a reason why i would invest more money into it yeah. now i did see some boot that were, I like the way the uh, the black label trading guys booth snaps together with those hard panels. Mm-hmm. I, I may do that, you know, because I just like it. Yeah, but it, it's more just. But I'd be making that investment for the other trade show, and we would just double dip and use it at both. Right. Yeah. You know, one thing that seemed weird was the bathrooms were fucking atrocious. I don't know if you guys <laughs> at all. <laughs> seemed like there was no maintenance whatsoever for any of that there was no yeah. trash pickup either yeah you know and like i took a picture of a pull a post that got knocked over and it was just left there you know somebody else had to walk around and say yeah i, guess I just look at it as all fitting in with that weed kind of you know <laughs> eventually we're all going to be on the street kind of theme you know i just kind of looked at it that way the other thing that amazed me in the bathroom is i've never been in a bathroom where so many people slap their business cards to the top of the urinal. I saw the same car on the same urinal. urinal. It's an escort service. It's all these booths and they got all their cards. Really just me pissing and looking at your card. Is it going to make me go to buy whatever, you know, penis shit? It was a total point of sale system. And that was coast. hundred percent. It was. That's exactly the one I was referencing. I was was three days in a row. What is this? What is this? And then I saw Satoru. I'm like, God damn it, Costa. Come on. (laughs) You bet on that, bro. But it works because we're talking about it. So it doesn't make anyone visit your booth. No, no, (laughs) no. All right, John, anything you do differently next year? Um, yeah, I think uh, if, if I committed to attending next year, I think I would, like Mike, I think I would uh, shorten my days. And part of that is, again, what 
brought me back this year was that morning experience, which was kind of uh, fragmented, so I didn't get that at all. So it was kind of a, a waste of the morning. I'd probably roll the dice and fly in on the, on the Wednesday instead of the Tuesday, yeah. and I might possibly fly out on the Friday instead of the Saturday, which I have always hated to do. But like Mike was saying, you know, it's I'm giving up some of my vacation time, some of my personal time to do that. So to get back that Saturday, come back banged up on Friday, I might as well come back banged up on Friday and at least sleep in a little bit on Saturday and have a full day rather than sort of the half day. So I, I would almost certainly cut my my days of attendance down to sort of minimum amount, um, which is unfortunate. Which because, because it takes me two days to recover. Oh trip. yeah, no, I'm I'm like you it can't really tell does. right it takes now. Me, it takes me two days. My eyes are actually closed right now. I'm using a filter to make <laughs> it look like my eyes are open, but I'm talking with my eyes closed and trying to get. I'm. I mean, I'm. I have to go. I have to drive into the office tomorrow, and I honestly don't know how I'm going to function because I'm. I'm not going to be up to up to uh, regular <laughs> brain power until probably Thursday of this week. So I mean, it takes a lot to to recover from a trade show. I can't yeah, imagine I'm calling. Going back and, sorry. I'm on the same lines as you, John. I, I would shorten the trip. I flew out Tuesday night, uh, flew out Saturday morning. Yeah, I would. I'm The year before I flew in Wednesday morning, um, you were already out there, John. So it worked out for me because the thing I don't like about flying in Wednesday morning is having like to go to the hotel, yeah. drop your bags off somewhere. I don't want to take the bags to the show. Um, so, and then, uh, yeah, maybe fly out Friday night. But, Kind of lose that night, an extra night to hang out, but um, maybe it is worth it. And I, I'd probably skip the party uh, next year. Um, the The music is just too loud. Uh, maybe it's just based on my age now, but it's just too loud. Like you can't have a conversation with anyone. Um, you're standing out in the cold. It's not worth it for you know a free drink or two. Uh, standing in line for the food. So I think I might just go out and. Have a, go have a nice dinner somewhere or something like that or it's, hang out. The conversations that you have there are just so bullshit anyways when it comes to that party, right? It's like, how yeah. was your trip? I'm like, did you fly in okay? I'm like, that's yeah. none of that. Like, dude, stop. <laughs> right. That's like the How's standard. Your brother when doing? I get to, that's exactly right. Like, <laughs> yeah. How's your brother? I'm like, dude, you're just grasping for shit to talk to me about and I don't need that. I don't yeah. need it right now and you don't need it. It's good to see you. If you want to talk about something real, I'm right here. Yeah. But that we don't need to break the friggin' ice, you know. Yeah, yeah. we're staying. Like, give me a phone. Care? <laughs> you don't care. I don't care. I don't care where yeah. you're staying. You know. So basically, what I'm saying is, I would like it if you guys could all have the trade show like five minutes from my house, so I could just come back Perfect. home and then come hang out with you guys during the day, and then go back home and then hang out hey, with you yeah. during the day. Where is it? California, Northern California. We could never have it here. Oh yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> Yeah, we could never have it here. California would take us with open arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we um, all, all right. Our electrical cars. Yes. It'll yes. be like a, it'll be the star of the purge, is what it'll be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they got us all there, that's when California would actually break off into the ocean. That's when it would happen. <laughs> um all right. What would you recommend that TPE changes for next year, if anything? And I'll just kind of open up to anybody that wants to jump in on that one. I mean, listen, if you know in advance the weather's not going to be great, you probably should have a backup plan to serving food. And this is not necessarily TPE, but like as a part of that open dinner, 
you you can't have three four hundred people standing in the cold, yeah. freezing their hands. Like, but sadly, John, that's impossible. It's I know it's impossible. It's literally yeah, what, impossible. what you're asking for is literally impossible. Yeah. I realize that. <laughs> um, you know, and I think um, the thing is, if you just the, the better bet is just don't try to do an outside party, right? And you just get rid of that risk factor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, could, the one in 2020, was it, when they did it inside where they had, like, Bizarre Meat, and then they right. had the piano bar, and then they had, like, the big thing where Drew State uh, or Eli was DJing for uh, in that amphitheater or whatever. I thought that was really cool because you had different areas. It was all inside. You could go outside if you wanted to uh, at the piano bar and stuff like that. That was just – that was a I, I really enjoyed that kind of setup because you could go do different things. And yeah. You weren't stuck out in the cold. I think that, you know what, with any convention and as any kind of host of anything, it's important to always have something different the next year. Yeah. If it's the same as last year, it loses its lackluster. You know, yeah. I'd much rather analyze it like you just did in comparison to the year prior when something was totally different than say, oh, it's the same party, you know, yeah. Ooh, you know, great. So and plus those pools are very dangerous. So you can <laughs> they did have a, a, a lifeguard, which was good for Jay. So <laughs> he might have gone all the way in. You never know. Was there? I heard some rumor of a fist fight. Is this was this a true rumor or no? Not Is that on the Patreon or we have to wait I'm for the Patreon? Not, I'm not limited to speak about this at this <laughs> current moment. It wasn't necessarily a fist fight. I wouldn't say. But we could have that discussion, but maybe we should have that. In uh, when the show is off of Facebook, yeah, I mean, but you know, we will have that discussion, Steve. Don't it's worry. It's much more important that the parties that be actually have the ability to speak on for themselves, right? So. Yeah, I know no details. I'm just throwing her names. That's all yeah, I'm doing. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, it's we'll it's a fun that. story. It's a fun yeah, story. Yeah. Very um, entertaining. I just don't know that I want to speak about it uh, live. Understood. So, yeah. Tune in next. Um, <laughs> yeah, tune in. Make sure you tune in for the sign up for the Patreon. Uh, Mike at Mike Podcast. <laughs> yeah. At the Mike Palmer Cigar Star. Hustler Podcast. Cigar <laughs> Hustler Patreon. But going back to the root, root question, is there anything I could like think of that I think they should do differently? No, I, I think it's a fairly well run trade show. I think it's really well organized. I think they do a good job of making everyone feel welcomed. I think they listen to feedback. I think they're doing all the things that are right, which is why people want to continue to come back and exhibit at the trade show and why, you know, even if I had a bad experience at the host, one of the host hotels, I'd still consider going back because everything else is, is pretty good. You know, it's a pretty well one run trade show. So I, I don't really have any suggestions other than, boy, if you could do it indoors somehow, that would have been a big difference maker, but that's pretty minor in the grand scheme of things. If you guys changed if you guys told me weren't going, if you and Aaron weren't going, I'd be like, I don't know how I'm gonna go. I mean, you guys aren't going. I appreciate that. We we did we did hang out. I mean, a significant amount of time. (laughs) Significant amount of time. I'd much preferably just kind of go where you guys are at. (laughs) we're on the same page, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, and you know, it's nice to have that camaraderie and that back and forth. You know, uh, I had no idea about your fish problem, and and I had no idea about John's fish problem. The two totally different fish problems, which was fantastic. You know, um, but yeah, I would much rather just go. If you guys aren't going, I'm not like <laughs> probably not going to go. So, uh, anything you change about the show, Steve? No, because I'm not a significant player, right? I have no vested interest in the show, 
So for me to have an opinion is kind of ridiculous. Right. I mean, I think that I think the guys who are spending the money on the big booths are the ones that really should have an opinion. Um, yeah. Look, I'd like them to keep. I like them to try to keep us separated. So if there were booths in the other section, it's kind of unfair to them because they're just not going to get the foot traffic if they're not in the in the appropriate colored carpet section. So I'd like to see that not be the case. Yeah. I think I think I'd like to see them expand the pavilions. Mm-hmm. I'd almost like to see them come up with. Uh, I think. I think given the pavilion guys, they might spring a little more money if they had like a preset 10 by 10 booth. Yeah. They could do, or it doesn't even have to be 10 by 10. If you really start thinking about it logically, they could take a row and do eight foot wide booths. And that's essentially the amount of footprint that you're getting width wise already in the, in the kiosk, right? Mm-hmm. The pavilion. Right. There, there might be a market for a, a narrow kind of pre-established booth. Like we have a terrible booth. We just use a folding table and throw drape on top of it. Yeah. It's about as 1992 as you can get. But it um, works, man. It <laughs> works. Why would you do anything else? I don't, you know. No, and, and we're not going to. Okay. I, yeah. I agree. It's, it's very cost efficient, right? <laughs> and everybody has a place to sit and everybody has a place to write orders and it looks a little weird, and it certainly isn't very attractive, okay? And we have no way to showcase product, but, yeah, it works. It serves its purpose, man. It's so simple. I'm a big fan of that, you know? I love the Caldwell when he said, here's what you do. You go, you go to Walmart, you buy the table, buy the buy your other one. It's all said and done. You return it, and you just leave a disaster. <laughs> like, so many people came down on him. I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, that is absolutely hilarious, man, you know? Yeah. All right, so we were talking earlier about how much money is uh, kind of flowing around at this trade show. This is, so this is probably a rhetorical question, but how long do you think the incentives last for getting the retailers or the media to attend to attend these events? Just until this starts to dry up or or what? It goes back to whether I think it has entirely to do with the question for TPE. Do they want to really challenge PCA? Mm-hmm. They really want to challenge PCA. The only way they have any hope in hell of doing that is to do a very aggressive, too good to refuse buyer host program, right? Yeah. And it would have to be juicy, right? Where you're like, I got to take this. This is good. I'm not staying at the Sahara. I'm staying wherever. You know what I mean? At least Treasure Island or something. Um, and I think that, uh, but if they're happy with all the fat they're going to make off the alternative stuff, right? Which is really the rest of the world. They could just say, fuck it. Who gives a damn about that nonsense? We'll keep our little tobacco thing, okay? You have to understand, this whole thing began, the only reason why you exhibited at this trade show was because P&K was a big customer of yours and you were doing it as a courtesy. Yeah. And then the only reason why it expanded beyond that was because of just everybody's dissatisfaction with PCA, right? That just, people are just like looking for an alternative, wanting something differently. And look, we as manufacturers, we don't care. We just want wherever the buyers are going to go. Okay, that's that's what we want is the buyers. We have no loyalty one way or the other. Now, that's not fair. We do have some vested loyalty in the PCA. We do. Okay, that's not a true statement. But ultimately, you do get to a point where you can't let it cloud your business decisions. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happened. We've lost a lot of exhibitors because the businesses don't jive anymore. Now, maybe that's irreconcilable. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they can't come to an, a conclusion that's positive for both, but at least that's a business reason, you know? 
So yeah. it does ultimately come down to business. Yeah, but like how cold-blooded is it of the brand owners and manufacturers that actually take appointments at PCA that are not attending PCA? You know, I mean... I agree. It's, 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 I, and it's a problem. And we, we saw a lot more of it last year with people that are just at the show with a suite and, hey, come up to my suite. And it's the companies that don't exhibit, which makes right. it even worse. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you solve that problem, though. Me neither. But it's just shitty, man. I mean, yeah, on. I agree. It's shitty. But guess what? Uh, these retailers still do business with these shitty companies. I know. <laughs> they don't have to, but they choose to. Right. So it's it's one of those things. I, I, the The problem is it's just they let the trade show get out of control. They allowed the cost to go the way the cost went. And the reality of the sad part about it is most of the money never went into PCA's pocket. It just went into convention services. That's where all the real money is. The money that they collect for the booths is nominal. Their kickback in the hotel room, it's nice, okay, on the block, but it's but the rates are good too. So it's not like we're getting it's not like we're getting slammed with a high rate and they're making money off it. We actually do get a good rate. Um, so we gotta give them credit there. Um, but yeah, but as soon as we started getting into these massive gargantuan palaces of booths that are staffed by 40 and 50 and case of Drew, well over a hundred that one year, I think, uh, this is no, there's no way for the cost to make sense for anybody. Right. And they should have been discouraging that from the onset. Cause it wasn't in their best interest to right. allow for the exhibits to outgrow what the buyer base was coming into the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think we'd see more new releases happening at TPE in next year or future shows? As a guy that's releasing a billion things, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> weird. Last year when everyone released a billion things, I didn't release much of anything. And then <laughs> this year I'm I'm releasing quite a bit. So um I don't think I'll see I don't think there'll be a lot of new stuff really, because look. So much new stuff hit the marketplace yeah. just the last four months. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to see these companies like gear up for another hit like that. Whereas yeah. you know, I kind of took a year off mm-hmm. from a major kind of thing. So timing is hard, man. The time you know, just because it's January, February, you know, you have to really have that kind of roll in the, your plan to release that. What? Oh yeah. You're already done. It's done. You're just, you're just doing the execution at this point. Yeah. You know, so that's, I mean, that's tough. That's super tough. So I can't really see, you know, I mean, I could see people maybe saying that they're releasing something new, but it not necessarily being there at that show at that yeah. time. Was sense. the Wasabi Lantero new? Was that never released at the TPE? Yep. What? Yeah. So they did do yeah. that, and they did ship immediately. I already got that. So. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a question for people who are exhibiting because you know we've we've played that game for years of like you're exhibiting, but when is it actually shipping? Like you're exhibiting, but is it actually shipping in May or is it actually shipping in February? You know, and so you know, there's some people who are shipping right after the show, and there's some people who are upfront and they're like, well, it's not shipping until April. Mm-hmm. And that at least that means usually June. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Anything about else about TPE that we didn't hit that we want to talk about before we kind of move on to how it relates to PCA? 
We're beating that horse. Yeah, we're going to beat that horse. All right. Uh, anything that you think the PCA should take note of from the TPE show that they should implement to improve their show? How much time you got? <laughs> well, you can go uh, first then if you got a bunch of stuff. No, nah, no. Nah. You know, I will say that I did, I, th- I appreciated the, the media access prior to. You know, I think that, that you're going to get a mixed bag of opinions on that, but it is nice to have that opportunity to stay out of the way of brand new owners and manufacturers when they're going to get hit and when they're busy and still give them that exposure. Uh, I think that that would be great to transition into PCA. Um, I think a blue carpet would be fantastic for PCA. <laughs> this morning. I'd be like, yes, come, please. We love the idea. Um, you know, no, but you know, I think that that the media thing was was kind of cool, and they they gave us a room or whatever. And I like to say us. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, yeah. You know, they had coffee there, which is cool. And uh, like you know, what? I think that the one big thing that PCA did, they continued to mess up, was the over regulation of things. You know, like they pressed on on um, media. They they pressed on. Um, I mean, even the East Side guys. They you know they they. I, I mean, Riste is one of the biggest complainers in the world because he got, you know, chastised for having CBD when they really shouldn't have came down on the guy, you know, and all of those little things quickly add up to like, well, fuck you, you know, like I'm not, I, I, and you upset consumers, you upset people that, that help get the word out about what you're doing. So um, I think that PCA needs to be a little more open-minded when it comes to certain things. And, you know, I think we should do the cigar con. Let's go, Steve. We will. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. We'll have everybody. Oddly enough, oddly enough I wasn't one of the guys opposed. I, mean, I think. It's, I honestly think it's a good idea. I think it would be an amazing event. I think I, I'm. Not, I'm not opposed to it. I, it's just a question of how it. It always comes down to the details, right? Yeah. How it's executed. And the reality is, with the number of buyers that we currently have going to the trade show, the business can be done in two days at this point. It, it really pretty much can. Well, it can definitely be done in three. It can be done in two and a half. You know what I mean? We don't, that last day is not like, we write some orders on that last half day, but it's just because they were just getting back around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not convincing anybody on day four to bring your brand in, right? Those conversations have been long had. These are people that were going to give you an order anyways, and they just didn't make it around to you. And yeah. if they didn't see it then, they'd send it in on Tuesday. You know, yeah. so I think, I think there's time to do it. I really do. And yeah. I, I think anything to make it more of an event and less of a trade show is actually in our best interest as an industry. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think the trade show part is as important. And I think that we, as manufacturers, we invest in all sorts of things. I don't, but big smokes and whatnot. Yeah. Why, why, why not? Why not use that to our plus the problem yeah. that you have is this. It means you need someone to organize and execute something like that. Yeah. And you also need to be able to give them enough autonomy that they can make decisions that are in the best interest. And that's always one of the struggles in the way just the PCA structure works. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not faulting it. I mean, there's reasons why it is the way it is, but it does make that really, really difficult where when you look at the TPA side of it, those guys, it's just a business. It's just that simple. Yep. It's about operating a trade show and making a profit at a trade show and maximizing that profit. And so they're going to do things that like you would want to talk about something to be nice. I love the fact that it's so much easier for me to register everything under TPE 
than it is under PCA. And it's not that it isn't the same disjointed systems. It, a lot of it still is. But part of it is they're just much clearer with communication. They're yep. much clearer with here's what you need to do. Here's where you need to go. Here's this link. Here's that link. Here's this deadline. And they beat it into your head every week. They're sending you an updated email telling you this deadline's coming. This deadline's coming. And it doesn't sound like a big deal, but man, we're just damn busy, mm -hmm. right? So a little bit of nagging like that actually is very beneficial. I like it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I wish that was something that the PCA was a little bit better. But this is the same problem. We always have this conversation. It always comes down to communication, right? Mm -hmm. It's always been a communicate. So much of it's been a communication error. Yeah. Right? Even the consumer con. Yep. Just the way that was debuted was a communication fiasco. Yeah. They really just don't have anybody that has any understanding of it. And the problem is the people who do have understanding of it are people who are just too fucking miserably busy with their own stuff that they don't have the time to dedicate their free time. Right. And I'm not saying that the people that are there aren't smart people and not that they all have their certain talents and gifts. But what I am saying is there are specific people that do specific things really well. And there's a reason why they get paid to do those things. And right. you just need to understand that and swallow the bullet. And in the end, understand that good people will ultimately make you money, even though it seems like you're paying too much. You're really not. Because the reason they get paid that much is because they do well by their clients. I always tell people, never hire a cheap attorney. It never turns out well. <laughs> You want that guy that's 700 bucks an hour. I know it sucks. I know it's painful, but in the end, you will save money. You will. <laughs> I like the QR code too thing. If you print out your QR code before you walked up to the, uh, the attendance thing, you had, they just scan it. Boom. Here's your badge. All right, go, go get them. Right. Yeah. I like I that too. Very efficient. I, there was no weight. Zero. Right. You know, um, like making those things, you know, filling in those gaps. I mean, that's what, how business operates, right? You know, and you have to treat PCA like it's a business because it is a business, mm -hmm. you know, and you got to make the corrections just like anybody else. You review after the year's over and say, okay, what did we screw up and how do we fix it, right? So I still, I still think one of the things that PCA could do that would just be huge. They try to do it, but they just don't understand what they need to do. They just need to set up a 24-7 lounge space yeah. with, a, with a pay bar in it. Pay the money for the rental furniture from port, sofas Preach. and club chairs. You know, set up whether they get it in a ballroom, it doesn't matter. But they need to not make it this two hours between here and there. You know what I mean? They need to make it accessible and available for everybody because one of the things that's so good about the PCA is that interaction that you end up getting at the bar, right? Those conversations. But it's a terrible place to do it. Terrible. There's not enough room for anyone to sit. There's not enough space. You constantly have security on your ass because you're in the aisle and you got so many cigars. If the PCA would just spend a little money and set up a space like that that was open every night till two in the morning, mm -hmm. cash bar, okay? Anybody that wants to drink, and then guess what? Those cash bars are going to do really, really well, okay? <laughs> They're going to do monster business. And they're going to love the tips. So... Mm -hmm. And if they just literally had that every night, so I knew there was a place at the end of the night after I come back from dinner, I'm going to go have that last cigar. I'd love to be able to go someplace at 11 o'clock at night and not fight a bar scene. Yep. yep. Yeah. And that's going to be more important when it comes to New Orleans. Yeah, much yeah. more. Important. Oh, yeah. That's a deal breaker. I, I, don't, I don't even think they realize the success of that. They would literally have just as many people as they have for their opening thing and maybe more 
and yeah. it would cost them nothing but the space. Yep. Provide no food. Provide only cash bar. Just yep. give people a place to sit in ashtrays, people to empty ashtrays. Yep. That's what you need. And it doesn't even have to be fancy, man. Yeah, it's just, you know, a little bit of color lighting, keep it a little dim. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's true. No loud music. No loud music. Background only. No pools. Yeah. No, no pools. <laughs> All right. Uh would you say the current status of the TPE show is a positive, a negative, or a neutral for PCA? I would say it's probably positive for them right now. I mean, look, I didn't, I, I'm just based on what you guys are saying about how you felt about the traffic and the sales around the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's a neutral for Drew, for Don Barton. Right. Um, but given what you guys are saying, it does not sound like anything but a positive for PCA. Yeah. I agree. I think that it is a positive. You know, I think that T- TP has definitely found their lane when the blue carpet and, you know, um, it doesn't seem like it's the stronger of the two when it comes to cigars. I feel like they don't, even though they do cater to us to some degree, I don't think that they could, would care any less if we were there or not, you know, right. There's just way too much money on the other side. All right, that's all I have. Any topics that we did not cover that you guys wanted to hit in regards to TPA or how it maybe relates to PCA? Or otherwise, we're going to hit this, wrap this up in two hours. Is that good? That's good, I guess. I mean, it's I think... Like a miracle. Are we yeah, <laughs> I think that's good. I think it's important to always just have like the good amount of content and not really bleed the thing out. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, will, I will provide a, a piece of advice for anybody that's exhibiting at TPE or PCA. Um, if you want to be the hub of the entire show, if you would uh, set up a coffee station that people could just come up and get coffee, um, Drew Estate yeah. dropped that this year at TPE. So they're, they've opened the door to someone else to become the king of coffee. Um, so, you know, I'm sure you will drive a ton of traffic to your booth if you just were had, you know, just had people come up and get coffee. That's going to be they a, did it in like the douchiest way possible, too. Like the, you could see that they had coffee machines. I'm like, there's two right there. I had no coffee. Like, no, it's not working. I'm like, it's just unplugged. Yeah. What they just, and I was like, that was just for the staff kind of a thing yeah. this year. Oh, so it was like, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the trade show charges you six dollars for every coffee served. Uh, I'm sure that's the reason why Drew says, <laughs> wait a hundred thousand in coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then kind of going back on one thing you talked about, Mike, about the early uh, trade show access. Um, that is nice. I do enjoy that. Um, I think PCA only does that the first day, right? Yeah. And but TPE does it every day. But I will say the one thing at TPE, uh, when when we get there at right on time, and like five percent of the booths have people actually in them, like people staffing the booths. It does. It's not big. You know, we're not really getting in early. We're just going to hang out with other people. But yeah, you know, in the in the trade show. So, but again, the the, um, the part of it is part, you don't have to show up as early because you have basically two folding tables and drape on. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Yeah. You, you got the twenty by forty. You got to be there an hour and a half before the trade show opens to yep. prepare for the trade yep. show. Yep. <laughs> but but that five o'clock close time versus six o'clock close time. We talked about that from the PCA and what a what a huge difference it made in our evening planning. Where with the TPE we could get out of the trade show, have an early dinner, still have time for an event in the evening. It just isn't possible to PCA anymore because by the time we get back to the hotel, by the time we drop our stuff off, have a dinner, the di- you know there's no such thing as a quick dinner in the cigar industry. So by the time you're done your dinner. I'm ready for bed. Like it's already, you know, 11, 1130 at night. I don't have room in that evening to have a second event. When the PCA stopped at five o'clock, 
we could fit two, two and a half events into the evening. And that, that, I mean, I realized they changed that time to perhaps help exhibitors who are a little banged up for the night before, but it, it has made a big impact in the ability to do events, which are a big part of the PCA trade show after the trade show ends. And that, that's been very impactful for us. I will say though, from an exhibitor's point of view, the traffic pattern is definitely better with the 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Hmm. You you get you get more people at when you open and more people stay later. So actually from a from an exhibitor's point of view, it works out well. But I agree with you with what you're saying, because we have the same dilemma, because we typically don't get out of the booth until an hour later. Yeah. And there is no time to do anything but eat and to go to bed anymore. There just there just isn't. Yeah. If yeah. I'm down at the bar smoking and telling bullshit stories, I'm really making a big mistake. I shouldn't <laughs> be in bed. All right. Well, Steve, Mike, John, thank you for your time this evening and sharing your thoughts on the, the trade show and uh, kind of recapping what we all experienced there. I'm going to um, get the fist fight skinny right after this, right? That's right. That's right. Don't, yeah, don't, out on me don't drop okay. off. Don't <laughs> drop off. Uh, this is how we tease people to like, be like, I want to be in this conversation. Like, how do I get on? <laughs> so you'll, this conversation will not be recorded on the Patreon, but there will be a similar conversation I'm sure on the Patreon. So you can, <laughs> you can check that out next week, I guess. Right. Oh, we're going to, this is going to be on, not on the Patreon. This will be on the, Oh, the, okay. All right. So you know, have, hey, look free. at that. Look at that. For it's like free. the free fight, the free fights, the pre fights that you get before you, you have to buy the pay-per-view. Yeah. Gotta That's crazy. Me. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you to everybody that tuned in for the TPE recap. We're going to do a similar recap after PCA. Um, maybe these two gentlemen will want to join us for that one as well. Um, always great insights from these guys. That's why we uh, love having them on these shows. So um, thank you again to everybody, uh, and we'll catch you on the next one.